Interrupted, my weekly market review, August 27th, 2023. There's a very accurate saying that you can win any financial argument you like by simply adjusting the start and end dates of a scenario. There's a perfect example of this on show right now with the most important question of all to investors. Is what we have seen over the last few weeks a temporary pullback within what is still a bull or rising market that dates back to March of this year? Or is what we've seen over the last few months a temporary rally within what is still a bear or falling market that dates back to the end of 2021? The highly respected and influential Charles Schwab chief investment analyst Lizanne Saunders climbed off the fence last week and put herself in the second camp saying that what we are witnessing is an end to the March-July rally and a reversion back to the declining trend that began in late 2021. The implication being, of course, that the S&P 500 lows of October 2022, which are about 20% below where we are now, could well be tested again. Terrified as I am to go up against Lizanne, who I admire immensely, I am personally still hanging on to the opposite view to her, albeit by a narrower and narrower thread, that the March-July stock market rally is currently being interrupted rather than terminated. On Monday, oversold stocks bounced back from a miserable couple of weeks, with the most beaten down names coming back the most vigorously. This was despite yet another day of rising market rates with 16-year interest rate highs being reached by the 10-year Treasury bond. By the next day, however, a sell-rally mentality seemed to have taken over with stock investors taking the opportunity of Monday's spike to sell and lock in profits. Tuesday's sour tone was not helped by the Standard & Poor's ratings agency downgrading the credit ratings of several regional banking lenders, including KeyCorp, Comerica, Valley National, UMB Financial, and Associated Bank Corp, citing liquidity concerns. Wednesday was dominated by giddy excitement over the upcoming after-the-close earnings release of chipmaker NVIDIA and markets shifted nicely higher again in anticipation. After the bell, we learned that the company had indeed absolutely crushed earnings and revenue expectations. It reported $13.5 billion in revenue for the second quarter, up an astonishing 88% from the first quarter. It also projected Q3 revenue to hit $16 billion. Sales were more than double lows from the same quarter a year previously. All these numbers blew away analyst estimates. But any broader feel-good effect from NVIDIA's outstanding results proved only fleeting once things opened on Thursday. The market doesn't generally discount the same information twice. Remember, it was the spectacular Q1 results from NVIDIA that had already driven the stock price up by nearly 50% since May. And by lunchtime, markets were down in the dumps again, as concerns grew about what Chairman Jerome Powell might say and not say the next day 
at the Federal Reserve's equivalent of its own Burning Man Festival in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Wednesday's handsome market gains were quickly extinguished by a pretty ugly Thursday decline. Powell made his much-anticipated speech on Friday morning, and it can be summed up in four words. This ain't over yet. He sent no explicit signals about the Fed's immediate intentions on interest rates, but his comments set the stage for the central bank to hold things steady or raise interest rates further in the months ahead if needed, while dismissing the possibility of interest rate cuts anytime soon. Markets weren't sure how to react at first. Stocks, bonds and the US dollar all seesawed in the hours following the speech, but finally seeming to decide that actually Powell hadn't really said anything new. And stocks shifted solidly higher in the afternoon. Helped by investors seemingly uh, finally deciding to flip the recent script and buy the dip instead. It was this that helped rescue what was a volatile, topsy-turvy five days. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ 100 both somehow ended up in the green for the week. The bottom line is that the market of 2023 is in many ways resembling the current political climate in this country, in that it is being defined by hyperbolic extremes. We started the year with everyone deathly afraid of a catastrophic and unavoidable recession, 1970s style inflation and 1970s style interest rates. None of that happened. And at some point, markets decided that the Wicked Witch was dead and it was all now blue skies all the way. Stocks ripped higher on a runaway train powered mostly by overly positive sentiment and extreme greed as measured by the fear and greed index that I include in my report. But just because Armageddon didn't come to pass when expected, it is still entirely possible that... One, a significant and rather painful economic slowdown will occur. Two, inflation will not magically crash to the late 20-teens levels in the near future. And three, that the Fed may actually be telling the truth and will not suddenly set about cutting interest rates soon, which is what the markets had priced in at the end of July when the S&P 500 was flirting with closing above 4,600. The truth is likely in the middle somewhere, and that's where markets are sitting right now, as demonstrated by the indecisive up, down, up, down, up dynamic that we saw last week. Where we go from here and how quickly in the coming weeks is critical to the health or even the continued existence of the 2023 rally.